What's up, y'all? This is wide receiver Deontay Simpson. This is cornerback Cam Johnson. Cornerback Deshaun Getty Jr. Senior forward Zachary Simmons, and you're listening to Bruins Breakdown, your home for North Texas sports. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Bruins Breakdown, the 24-7 sports podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Bruni, and with me is another person who is wrong today. Colin Mitchell. Colin, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Uh, you know, had a little bit of a headache early game, mm. you know, had to wake up early, earlier than usual. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're good. North Texas won. <laughs> North, North Texas defeated Rice, and I've never felt more weird after a win. Agreed. Like, I, I have no clue how to feel, but we'll, we'll get into all that in a minute. Um, Colin, uh, I've... We talked about someone in the press box, but I just wanted the audience to know that you are a second half player. <laughs> like really, Colin comes up to the press box. This is what happened. Colin comes up to the press box and, you know, usually he gives me an update of how the shooting went, you know, the photos. And he comes out. Maybe it was cuz it was an early start, maybe it's cuz he hasn't done it in like 5 weeks just yeah, like the rough. players. But he comes up, he's like, "Man, that was a rough first half." You know, and I give him the pep talk. You know, I'm like, you know, you're good, man. Second half, you got to make some adjustments. Make sure your mm-hmm. your ISO is on the right setting. Get your lens right. Uh, maybe move a little to the left next time, and you're gonna be there. Mm-hmm. You know, you're gonna get the shots. And he's like, I don't know, man. I don't know if this tonight today's today might not be my day. And I was mm-hmm. like, No, you got it. And all he needed was that belief. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, what does he do? He goes out. And lights it up in the second half. I mean, really, you couldn't stop him. The way his finger was just clicking the button, just tremendous. And he comes up through the third quarter. After the third quarter, he comes up and says, I had more pictures that quarter than I did the entire first half. And he had, lo and behold, he goes back and looks, twice as many photos that quarter as he had in the first half. I mean, round of applause for the God, Colin wow. Mitchell. I'm, I can't believe you just told a what was probably a one-sentence conversation into like a... A 45-second story about, about my transformation between the first and second half. No, no, what changed? What changed for you out there? You know, what what turned it around? Uh, I took better pictures. Mm. You know, Was it you, a mindset or anything I said? No. Nothing? Nothing Listen, I said? when you got the raw talent, you got it, you know? Mm, camera raw camera talent. Raw. Damn, all right, we're on a roll. All oh, right. Bruni's, Bruni's on. I, don't even know, I don't even know what's happening. <laughs> first of all, I wasn't expecting that story. <laughs> I love just laying on just random stories. I don't stories. think we've ever talked about my photos hey, ever. You know, round of applause again for Colin we Mitchell. Had, there was eight, today. and he posted eight on Twitter. That's how mm-hmm. you know he had a good game when he comes in the post game and says, "I dropped eight on you," dropped, just like that. I dropped, that's exactly what the tweet said. Yeah. I just dropped eight on you. Yep. Anyways, for those of you who don't care about Colin's photography endeavors, there was a football game. And as we mentioned before, North Texas defeated Rice twenty-seven to seventeen, and. Colin and myself both predicted Rice to win. Colin, how does that happen? Colin, we we never get our predictions wrong. Lo and behold, we got this one wrong. Oh, yeah. And I, I don't know where to start, but we will start by recapping the game. Get your phone, Colin, and get your timer because we got to... Oh, I forgot. Yeah, it's see, been a long even, time. don't even remember. 27 mm-hmm. seconds because, again, it's however many points North Texas scores. This is my favorite part of the whole It's podcast. how many seconds I have to recap this. All right, uh, 27. It, it was still in the 45 from last time. Mm. All right. Three, two, one. All right. So North Texas got off to a slow start. It went down 10 to zero to Rice. And then Rice kind of fumbled it up, fumbled the bag, and they fumbled the ball everywhere. And North Texas took advantage. 
and settled in quickly. They scored. Jason Bean had a broke a long run. They ran the ball down their throats. Jason Bean only threw the ball 20 times compared to 40 rushes as a team. And uh, they settled in, and North Texas took it away on senior day. I can't uh, complain because it was an impressive performance on the defense side of the ball, especially. Especially by Dion Neville. Wow. <laughs> I you, thought- had, you had a whole... I don't think that's ever happened. Normally, you go too quick at the end, but don't aren't able to finish. But I I, I was go? very unsure. I really wanted to time it up correctly, but it was close. You could just show me so that no, way I could that's, time that's it up. Way way less fun. Anyways, all right, but yeah, I think I covered uh, the basics there. Uh, for everybody who watched it, y'all know what I'm what I said basically, and that North Texas started off really slow, and then they settled in and they went on a 27-0 run, went down from down 10-0 to up 27-10, and Rice threw tacked on a garbage time touchdown at the end. But the damage was already done. North Texas already walked out with their third win of the season, improving now to three and three on the year. Colin, back to five hundred. How upset would you be if there were like draft picks involved in this season? What do you mean by that? Like if this this team- oh if there you, <laughs> yeah. you mean if North Texas was trying to like tank and they were just <laughs> yeah. picking up these wins like against <laughs> bad teams? Um, yeah, would, that would be an interesting scenario. But instead, they have young players playing well for them and. They have players figuring it out, and they have coaches figuring it out. And there's a lot we have to get to. Uh, I'm going to read off a couple more basics. North Texas finished with 389 total yards to Rice's 376. Uh, Rice actually controlled the time possession, 36-25 to 23-35, even though I thought North Texas uh, held the ball pretty well as far as running the ball goes and not doing anything crazy. Um and then you had just the turnovers from Rice's perspective. Where was it? They had four fumbles, and two of those were lost. And there, and I think that includes the muff punt. I'm sure it does, um, which completely just reset the game. In all honesty, and uh, let me see if there's any other stats here. Uh, I think I think we're good here. North Texas averaged 8.8 yards on first downs. Very impressive stat there. Um, but yeah, I, I can't complain. North Texas, one thing we will get, actually we'll, we'll save that for later. But North Texas held uh, Rice to 0-2 in the red zone. And that was very impressive because Rice went for it twice and held them on both occasions. And North Texas held them on both occasions. All right, Colin. So first, we talked before the podcast. You said you want to start with defense. Yes. And I agree with you because I think that was the main uh, talking point of this game. Uh, despite, you know, the offense playing, you know, averagely and not playing badly. Averagely. Averagely. What a word. They, they didn't play badly, but they definitely uh, were not the reason they had North Texas won this game. I'll, 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 I'll throw it over to you. What stood out about North Texas defense? I think it's obvious that the pass rush was just insane. Uh, Deion Noville was destroying everybody. Yeah. Um, the Murphy brothers... Again, showing that they can still put pressure on other guys. Um, and then secondly, also, Katie Davis getting back there as well. And I th- it, I mean, he hasn't really played a game fully since Houston Baptist, I think, right? Uh, I think he's – no, I think he's got one one in there. I think he played – Maybe uh, one more. Played, SMU might one have been it. But, yeah, he was been hurt. Right. He was so, out for COVID tracing and so, all that stuff. So he, he finally played. So you kind of see the defense all together minus the secondary uh, – you want to name Which, off the... Yeah, here, let me name off who was out. I forgot to mention this in my 27-second recap. But uh, players out due to... I'll read this verbatim. Due to a variety variety of medical reasons, including, but not limited to, injury, contact tracing, or COVID-19. All right? This is straight from the athletic department. 
O-lineman John Brunner, receiver Roderick Burns, uh, linebacker Tyreek Davis, DB Deshaun Gaddy, DB Dorian Morris, DB Javier Neal, DB Upton Stout, and wide receiver Deontay Simpson. So those eight players were out, and as we all know, Jair Shorter is out for an extended amount of time. They did get Oscar Attaway back, and we um, we found out, I guess, as the game was going on, as Trey Sigurds was out as well. So with all that being said, going back to the defense side of the ball, um, you uh, you can continue. Upton Stout out, Javier Neal, Dorian Morris, Deshaun Gaddy. That's two stars and two kind of reserve guys there. So take it away. <laughs> okay. Uh, and, and then again, uh, for that pass rush, Neonoville had two forced fumbles, which I don't even remember the last time they forced a fumble. And I mean, honestly, and then yeah. I, I, they, how many sacks do they have? I don't have that. Stat. As a team? As a team. Seven. Seven. The most since 2014. There you go. Yep. When that de- the good defense. Yeah, September uh, 20th, 2014, when they had 13 sacks. 13? Yep. Was the it against Nickel State? Yes, it was. Okay. Damn, that's a good... How'd you know that? 77 to 3. How did you know that? Because whenever I was a, uh, a senior in high school, we thought North Texas was going to be really good that next year because they beat Nickel State 77 to 3. <laughs> so we watched the highlights of that game oh like 90 times. Yep. Wow, I didn't know... I, I honestly forgot who it was. They told me, but I forgot, and you said Nickel State. There you go. Yeah. So that's the record there. Uh, but yeah, seven sacks the most since then. You you basically hit the nail on the head. Dionoville just completely dominated the game, like start to bottom. And Rice's offensive line is not bad either. That's the crazy right. thing. Is that Dionoville came out and just lit up their center time after time. And even when they doubled, they had to straight up double him. They couldn't slant. They couldn't chip. They couldn't do anything else. They had to double double him and just for it to work. Because if not, like uh, I wrote in my story, I wrote in my cider, the first drive, Rice was driving down the field, gets inside the 25 of North Texas, and then Dionoville blows up a run, blows up another run, and then almost gets a sack and forces a bad throw. And the possession was over. It's like, that is the type of defensive play that you just don't see North Texas players make this season. Like, we hadn't seen Dion make that this season. Uh, we were hoping, you know, maybe like Devontae McCray could make plays like that. Uh, the Davis brothers were, have been good. I'm not going to say they've been great. Uh, you know, Cam Johnson, we were hoping to make some like an interception or two like that. But that was the best defensive possession. He had the best defensive game of any player probably in the last two years. Yes. Like, I, I would have to think about that more to, to Nate really. Brooks probably like one Ladari- of those times. Well, that's two years ago, though. That's 2018. I'm saying 2019 oh, okay, and 2020. Okay, 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 the last okay. two seasons, like Ladarius last year had good games, but he didn't have that that yeah, game. Five no, for tackles sure. for loss. And the way he was able to just set up the rest of the defense was beautiful to watch. Because like you said, the Murphy brothers were able to come in and play off of that. They were able, because they're a lot quicker than they are. They're, they're basically outside linebackers playing defensive end. That's like how I describe them in that they just use their speed pretty much to get around uh, tackles. And that's basically what they were able to do because they were in one-on-one situations. And Dion just set up everything that North Texas wanted to do. And like I said, Tyreek Davis was out as well. So that's that's a pretty big blow. So you had Kevin Wood slide in there. and He had a good game. Katie Davis had a good game. I there There's not enough good things you can say about how Dion played. And then you go to the Murphy brothers and you're like, all right, they did good too. And Lo and behold, they held Rice to 49 yards rushing, which I wasn't expecting at all. But I didn't even know that was the stat. That's crazy. But but it goes back to what we were saying before the game on our pregame uh, Twitter breakdown is that 
we don't know we didn't know what was going to happen right so we basically said if you go back and watch our, t- our pregame twitter breakdown we basically lay out everything and we basically tell you in two minutes and 20 seconds we don't know what's going to happen here that's basically <laughs> we, what we said in two minutes we said we're like well you know jason has to come out and be effective on the ground uh they have to stop the run and yeah we don't really know how anything else is going to go hopefully the defense has gotten better and what happened the defense got a lot better over the past 35 yes. days Thankfully, five uh, five weeks is what it took, but they finally did it. And they without can, their secondary, pretty much. Yeah, they can play defense now. And albeit Rice is not that daunting of an offense, but they stopped somebody because they couldn't stop Southern Miss, they couldn't stop Houston Baptist, they couldn't stop anybody they've played. And now they finally stopped someone. And what, what, what an amazing feat! I was just I was I was waiting for the dam to break. That's what the whole game was for me. It was like, all right, guys, let's get real here. All right, there's no way you hold them to under 50 yards rushing. Well, I think, I think we, I think <laughs> everyone thought that because Trammell would still get those big plays. Trammell was really good early on. Yeah, he he'd still get those big plays, and they went up 10-0 quickly. Yeah. And you're just like, okay, when's this game gonna be over? Yeah, we were both worried about that. We were, yeah. even after the Bean run. We were like, all right, because that's what cut it to 10-7, I believe, right? Yeah. Well, that was the first score. Yeah. Yeah. So. We were like, all right, like, all right. They scored, but they still have to put drives together offensively, and we'll get to that later. And then defensively, you have to hold up for the rest of the game because North Texas didn't look like they were going to score 30 points. So um, I we were both hesitant. And like you said, Austin Trammell had a, had a good first half. And so did their quarterback and even the running back to an extent. They I mean, they did end up the game with almost 400 yards. They didn't play badly, but... The way North Texas defense was able to finally make those big plays. And this was a North Texas team. This is basically the opposite of where North Texas was whenever they left left off against yep. Middle Tennessee, right? They could score a lot of points, and they couldn't stop anybody. They couldn't get the big play on defense. They relied on the big play on offense. All four of these things I just said were the opposite in this game, right? They drove the ball on offense they sustained drives there they forced turnovers here their defense was great their offense struggled like that's why i said it's a weird feeling coming in here because i don't know what i just witnessed i don't know if this is the new north texas <laughs> the new north texas i i the don't know me. yeah i don't know um but i do have one bigger point i want to get to here um and that is i want to well, also shout out to Cam Johnson. I thought he played great, and Mikhail Sanders. I thought both. Really I was I was gonna say I played I'm really well. Very glad that they didn't have any penalties on defense like they normally do. Yeah, like I, on third and long. When I remember one specifically, I think it was in the end zone, and Cam broke up the pass, and I was like, "Wow, yeah. was really expecting a flag there." Yeah, they've come a long way, and while Quinn Whitlock, I thought struggled with with Trammell. I mean, Trammell's one of the better you know ten receivers in Conference USA, so I didn't, you know, I wasn't too alarmed. By that, they went 4-3, they went 3-4, they went 3-3-5, they changed up well, and that gets into my bigger conversation here is we need to give defensive coordinator Clint Bowen his flowers right now, this very moment, Mm. because he has just coached his butt off this game. And it's not just this game, it's the past five weeks, what he's been able to do. And I've talked to him, I think, three times this season, and... I've gotten the feel every time he's just been trying stuff, trying stuff, trying stuff. And finally, 
finally against Middle Tennessee, he found something that worked, right? We saw the Murphy brothers come in. We saw Dion have a better game, and we saw linebackers get a little more free. But we had our hesitant we had our hesitation because it's Middle Tennessee. And now he comes out here against Rice, who can run the ball, and North Texas cannot stop the run. And what does he do? He stops the run. Like, it's not the it's no the players are the same. If anything, they were a little depleted. The players are the same as they were against, you know, everybody. But those five weeks uh, finally allowed him to settle in. They were basically the spring practices that he never got. Yeah. They were the summer ball that he was limited in, mm-hmm. right? Finally, he knows what he has. He knows what he can do with that talent. And he knows what he can't do with that talent. And putting the Murphy brothers at defensive end basically surmised everything of how good of a coach Clint Bowen is because we've seen him do it at Kansas. We've seen him do it for multiple years at Kansas. And we know all we've heard from players, coaches alike, is how you know thoughtful he is, how smart he is, how well he knows the game. And obviously, like we we've seen his track record, we know who he is. And it finally showed because, damn, this secondary looked really good. Like you said, they looked capable, they looked competent. And then they finally got a pass rush. I remember calling him after the I think it was the SMU game. Mm-hmm. Maybe was it the Charlotte game? One of the games. And he was just he, he was just kind of down because he, you could tell they couldn't get a pass rush. He's like, yeah, our third and longs are not good because we can't get a pass rush. Mm-hmm. And that's obvious football to anyone who knows. On third and long, you need to get there or else you can't guard anybody. Um, so you had that problem. Then you had a young secondary. And he finally, against Middle Tennessee, figured out how to get the pass rush. And then this game, it felt like he figured out how to cover. Yep. And... I, I, it's just amazing to me. John Davis, again, a guy who was not any like part of the team or last season or anything like right. that. Another guy learning the system. Kevin Woods, a sophomore here. Uh, we, we, the Murphy brothers changing position. They're down however many players that we said without Deshaun Gaddy, one of their better players as well. It had to throw in like Alex Morris a little bit, Jordan Brown in there a little bit. You had to throw different players in there and still we finally saw what good coaching looks like on defense. We saw a flexible coach. We saw a coach that can adapt. And we saw a coach that can actually out-coach the other team. That was a slight shot at Refit. Just a slight. <laughs> My eyes went up. Just a slight shot at Refit. But, like, you, you can't make this up, man. I, I, I cannot boast enough about... I cannot say... I can't say enough about how good I think Clint Bowen did today and over the past month. Oh no, I completely agree. With like, that. I completely agree. Every time I talk to players, because they were like running live and stuff, you know, throughout the last four weeks, five weeks, it's just been about you know their uh, coach Bowen's, you know, instructing us this, this, and this. I do still think their tackling was shaky in the first half, especially they were missing missing tackles. That's gonna that has to get better. Um, that's kind of a talent thing, but you know, they they'll get better at that as the season goes on. But man, the defense was just tremendous. And I tip my hat to Clint Bowen, and I I just I'm I'm so excited for that for Clint Bowen to have a young defense that he can he's gonna be able to mold mm-hmm. himself with this secondary with the Murphy brothers, um, LeBlanc. They just got a defensive ca- tackle from JUCO in in here as well. They're gonna bring other guys in here as well. Jordan Brown, he's got Kevin Wood, all these guys. He's gonna be able to mold them to his liking. 
and play a very multiple defense, a unique defense, and an effective defense. That's my spiel. So, so you just went on. Shout out to Clint Bowen. <laughs> shout out to Clint Bowen. Now, uh, let me see, make sure I had nothing else on the defense. Here, I do have two other things, actually. Uh, one, their third down defense was amazing. Like, absolutely amazing, which partially is because they could get to the quarterback. Mm-hmm. However, I mean, they held Rice at 3 of 12 on third downs. Yeah, that's really good. Like, that is just... And it's not even that, like... They they were... Like, they went from struggling in third and longs to holding Rice to 0 of 5 on third and longs today. And that's just, again, a testament to their coaching, a testament to their ability to get to the quarterback. Now... How much do you credit... Like, okay, what was the bigger move? Moving the Murphy brothers to defensive end or Dion Noville breaking out the way that he has been over the last two I'd games? I'd probably what's more, what's Murphy more? brothers, definitely. Um, mm-hmm. Dion Noville, I mean, we'd see him still get into the backfield, but he just couldn't do anything with it. So, uh, I mean, the fact that you have guys coming from multiple areas now and that it's not just like, okay, just look out for him. And now it's like, okay, now there's two more. I yeah. think that that's probably the most important thing, and it's it, that's kind of whenever the flip the switch did flip was whenever he finally put in the Murphy brothers. I think it was against was it against Middle Tennessee? Um, it was either middle or the game before that, but yeah, one of those. Two. Well, then when he started throwing them in on third downs, and yes. then we're like, okay, well that worked really well, and now they played a lot more than just third downs today. Um, no, it's it's crazy how much just like making that one personnel change has made it to where they're able to. I mean, completely. I mean, shut down teams in the pass rush. Yeah, and... A-team, I guess. Yeah, an A-team. There you go. Um, I, I have a hard time with that question because the Murphy brothers have been very good. And they have a knack... They have a nose for the ball. I think that's a big thing with them is that they, mm-hmm. they kind of just find the ball. They know where to shed. They know where to be in a lot of situations. And then, if nothing else, they can just speed rush right past you. Um, however... They're not the run defense starts with Dionoville. And I think that the run defense alone is like Dionoville's doing. Like his his ability to absorb blocks on the on the inside in the A gap and the B gap. He's the one that's kind of taking up all that space. Then you the Murphy brothers are kind of a a product of Noville's excellence mm-hmm. in the run game. And then D on the in the past game, I think it's a similar thing, but I think you see it more they have a nose. They know when the quarterback is going to step step up in the pocket. They speed rush on the outside, and then they can maybe either get all the way around, or they can cut it back in. Like they can do stuff like that. And I think that it's obviously both, right? Obviously, both of them. They they basically turn the defense line from a weak point into a strength for this team. Um, I'm just not sure which one I think has done more at this moment because I think Dion Oville has just been so great that he's opened the game up for those Murphy brothers and for Katie Davis and for all those other guys. Cause if you remember, I mean, we were going to the beginning of the season where Dion Noville was just getting blocked or he was getting, you know, pushed to the side, basically, you know, mm-hmm. he was getting a field, but he wasn't being effective. And then the offense linemen were getting to the linebackers. Now he's holding up those blocks. Now he's forcing you to double team him. And I think that that's just really done wonders for this defense. Do you disagree? No, I mean, I agree with that. I just feel like that it was because that's what, it, what the D or what the offense only needed to focus on was him. So yeah. they didn't have to worry about the Murphy brothers or about Katie Davis or anything like that. And I feel like adding the Murphy brothers to that mixture, not only opens up it for opens up the defense 
for Katie Davis, but it also allowed Dionoville to actually, you know, do what he does mm-hmm. and still be that physical monster. That on makes the inside. sense. That's a good point. All right. I think we've spent enough time on the defense, even though the defense was amazing. Again, shout out Clint Bowen. Shout out Dionoville. Um, and who else? Shout out Will Keen, who had a tackle on special teams. Who would have thought? The, the dude went flying, and I was like, who the heck? <laughs> And then someone said, oh, my gosh, that was Will Keen. Number four. Number four. You I think just... he asked to come in. But he was on kickoff return and kickoff coverage. Oh, okay, just kidding. He's built for that. I was going to say, what if he was like, coach, I'm going to make a play right here. Put me in special teams. <laughs> he, he took Casey Martin's spot. On he the... probably did. <laughs> They're like, guys, we can only have one quarterback on on the kickoff well, coverage Well, Casey's now a tight end. Mm. Notice how Will Keen didn't change his number. Mm. Mm-hmm. He's not dead. He's not committed, the way Kaysen is. <laughs> He's not committed. Kaysen. Yeah, the coach said, "All right, we're gonna put you in for one special teams play on a kickoff return." So why am I changing my number? What? I'm changing my number. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he said. Say less, coach. I already Say know what. Less. I already know what number I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be number eighty. Got to get to put the get to put the bands around my biceps. Man, shout out Kaysen Martin. Man, he he is just he was nobody was more excited to get. On that field, I can't say nobody. I'm sure there were other players equally as excited. But he was thrilled. Like he was leading the, the, the all the all the um. Or when what, he, what are the the dudes in hoodies over there? Yeah. I don't remember. And then like the the guys as well on the sideline. Then when he came, was the athletic everybody. athletic player of the he week. He was athletic player of the week, and he runs around like banging on his chest. And I was like, oh my gosh, Casey Martin. Is he still a like a fourth string quarterback? It doesn't matter. It doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. What do you think he is on the? <laughs> Which which is he higher on the tight end depth chart or the quarterback depth chart? I think he's I think he's higher on the quarterback depth chart. Okay, I think I think, I think. again shout out Case Martin he's married as well. Shout out marriage. Guy. Shout out marriage. All right, let's get to the offense because this is a lot more of a contentious, contentious topic. Where do we want to start? Do we just want to dive right into the hot topic? Let's do it. All right, well, no, here let's do this. Oh. No, I guess not. We'll, st- we'll dive right in. Screw it. Uh, I was going to say, like, shout out to the offense for sustaining drives and being able to run the ball consistently. However, this gets in, that kind of ties back into our other point or our contentious topic here. Uh, Colin, how do you feel Jason Bean played? Not good. Not good. Not good. Like on a scale of one to five? Be like oh, a- sorry. I thought you said one to ten. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like a two? Two. Yeah, but see, it kind of makes it seem like it's really low. If it was one to ten, it'd be a four. <laughs> you know, I know it's. I a think sa- it feels uh, the same. I know it's the same percentage, but it's like it's like the difference between me saying a, a, a three or a four. All right, you know out of one to a hundred, how do you feel like you played? This feels weirder now. Uh, <laughs> see, you you just want to keep raising the numbers, so go ahead. One to a thousand. Yeah, one to a thousand. I'm feeling like a four hundred forty-eight. Four hundred forty. Right, four forty-eight. That's right. what it is. Four forty-eight. Uh, n- no. Uh, so. He came in, you know, we all knew that he was going to start. Yes. We said on the thing, like, we just need to see Jason Bean do something. He comes in, doesn't throw the ball past, like, five yards, series over. Next series comes out. They run it twice, I think, and then he rolls out. Darden cuts back. Darden's wide open. He throws the ball into the ground. I said, mm-hmm. thumbs up to that. Then uh, next series, he comes in, and I think this is where, like, okay, if he doesn't score this series, then, yeah, you know, it's over. And then he runs for the 78, 76-yard touchdown. 66. 66, whatever it was, touchdown. And I said, well, now he's in the rest of the game. Yeah. And, and then, and, and like, shout out Jason Bean. Like, he, he, he made the team win. Yes. It's good. 
If Austin Oni was in, they put up 40 points. Whew. And I can confidently say that because he would have thrown the ball to an Austin Agumikin who was open lots of times. Jalen Darden, how many receptions did he have? Not much. Four? Four. Jalen Darden with Austin Oni would have had 10 receptions. And tell me I'm wrong. You're not wrong. And and you you mentioned the sustaining the drives. I mean, that was just the running backs actually being good this week as opposed to where in past weeks they, they weren't able, like, especially on the, I think they had a fourth and, or yeah, fourth and two, they went for it mm-hmm. and they got it. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. So, I mean, that's more of a factor of the running backs and like Jason Bean, yes, he has the legs. Yes, he made a couple passes, but he missed a lot of passes as well. He And the one that sticks out to me the most is the Agumican pass. And then he threw another one high that Agumican just all of a sudden was able to catch yeah, I mean, just amazingly. He had a really good catch. Yeah, he had a really good catch. Um, yeah, I uh, yeah, and then after that touchdown that he scored, they didn't score, uh, and Rice went for it on like a fourth and two, uh, inside like the ten or something like that when it was ten to seven. Cause oh they, yeah, I remember that. And I said I tweeted out if Rice scores here, it needs to be Austin Ani time because mm-hmm. like then it's seventeen to seven in the second quarter. Jason Bean had completed like probably forty percent of his passes. Uh, yes, they were able to run the ball, but it didn't look like your defense was going to be able to stop them enough to where running the ball was going to be effective and enough times, you know, mm-hmm. to score the ball. Because when you run the ball, yes, you can sustain drives, but you can also get in those third and six, third and seven situations where if you get stuffed. Um, but the defense came through with a stop, and I said, "All right, I'm cool with leaving Jason Bean in now." I even tweeted, that. "I said the logic doesn't really make sense." Yeah, you said but, you said who wants to pat you said Well that's why I tweeted after so that's why I tweeted after the run. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And then I tweeted after the defense got the stop when it was ten to seven, I said, All right, it doesn't make sense, like my, my logic, but I'm perfectly fine with keeping Jason Bean in the game here. Actually, take that back. Damn, bro, Jason Bean's touchdown wasn't until midway through the second quarter. I know. I thought that was way earlier. Okay, no, no, take it back. You it said was it ten to zero. That. You said it before that. It yeah. was ten to zero, that, I believe. Yes, you're right. And then I said, all right, well, keep him in. Like, the logic doesn't make sense, but keep him in. And then he goes and does that. He goes and scores a touchdown. And the defense, I'm saying the defense kept Jason Bean in the game just no, as did. much as the running backs or anybody else did, as much as Seth Luttrell did. Um, because the defense allowed them to stick to their game plan of running the ball, of we don't need Jason Bean to complete a 20-yard pass. We don't need him to do anything. And <laughs> we don't need Jason Bean Oh, that's not Bean saying he can't. To complete don't laugh, Colin. I'm not, see, you're going to make people think that I'm hating on him when I'm just saying that they didn't need him to do that. So instead, he played a very, very calm game, a handoff game. He only kept it like two or three times on those keepers. Like He didn't, he didn't do much. All right, And then when he tried to do much... When he tried to do anything, he went 9 of 20 passing, 45% completion percentage for 120 yards and one touchdown. And I'm inclined to somewhat agree with your hot take in that Austin Ani does score more than 27 points pretty substantially here. He probably throws a turn, maybe throws a pick, maybe he has a fumble, but he damn sure scores more than 27 points here. If nothing else, just because it would be more of a boomer bust situation here. They would probably, right. you know, maybe have Jalen Darden on a 30 yard route here or there, uh, Agumakin maybe on a deep route and whatnot. Let's also not forget that their 27th point came with like three minutes left in the fourth quarter. I honestly don't remember. It was seven minutes left in the fourth quarter. Seven Colin, minutes left in the fourth actually, quarter. Actually, get your facts right. Sorry. Um, but yeah, no, I. I 
don't understand how you could look at that game and think Jason Bean, you know, held on to the job there, right? Yeah. He didn't do anything to make you be like, all right, Jason Bean's the quarterback. We're all good. Everybody calm down. We have our quarterback. Now we just need to worry about this, this, and this. Whereas when Ani played, we both thought he held on to the job. Even after he played so the terribly. middle tennessee game was the only one for ani where we were both like okay i understand taking him right out. but you you had the thing that said you need to still play Arnie. yes no that, I agree. That, that's what i'm saying like i'm still concerned about the same things i'm concerned about about bean and i i don't trust his ability to you know make the big play when it's needed or when he when things have to, when he has to be in a shootout i don't trust yeah. him there whereas with ani we both i think trust him there even if he does turn the ball over once Nobody expected Rice's defense to not be very good. And I think Nobody that's what... Nobody expected Rice's defense to not be very good. Yeah. Okay, nobody expected Rice's defense to be bad. Okay. Right? We all thought Rice's defense was going to be, like, pretty solid. Yeah. And they weren't at all. Like, they're, they're, they gave up 6.4 yards per carry on the ground. Like, they couldn't stop the run, and that was really weird to see. And then the receivers were running pretty open to an extent to where... I felt like Jason Bean, if he was accurate, could have completed 13, 14 of those passes. Like, I really believe that. So, with all that being said, if, and if that happens, then this is probably a 34, maybe even a 40-point game for North Texas. Like, it's a completely different game. Um, so, that was concerning. And now they have UTSA next week, and we'll, I guess, look at that in a bit. But UTSA is damn sure a better defense than Rice, unless if something happens. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I Again... UTSA is like legit so that's where I'm looking at Jason Bean and I'm like all right are you just going to be good for this one long touchdown run a game and then complete 45% of your passes with one touchdown that was like Jalen Darden streaking over the middle I don't know because we both said he's the safe option here he's the safe option Austin Ani could win you a game could lose you a game but Austin Ani will put up points even though he might back your defense up every now and then, right? And and the only concern with that was because of how bad the defense had been playing. Yes, that point. exactly. Now, if you pair that with, if they continue to put out showings like this, not necessarily when they're only giving up 10 points, but if they're only giving up 21 points or 28 points, like, why if, not play Ani? It feels like Austin and I should be able to, with this offense, supersede what, 28 Jaylen points. Jalen first 30 reception wasn't, I mean, it took a long time for him to get that. Oh, yeah. Down. And that's, okay, so this that gets to a different point in that, a lot of people were talking about I will agree that Jason Bean the way that they ran the offense with him over the first few possessions was really stagnant and I feel like that's the best word for it it was it was really upright mm-hmm. that's how I'll describe it because you didn't have the rollouts you didn't have the keepers you had the first drive you had the quarterback draw and then he kept it on a drop back but after that there was no real design quarterback runs. There was no design quarterback keepers. There was no rollouts here. There was no RPOs. I mean, it didn't feel like an offense that was designed for Lamar Jackson or Russell Wilson or whoever, Kyler Murray. It didn't feel like an offense designed for them. It felt like an offense designed for Mason Fine. And that's what this cannot be. So I'll give Jason Bean the benefit of the doubt there in that I felt like they didn't call plays to put him in the best positions to win because they have to know what his weaknesses are. Right. They have to know he's not Mason Fine. He's not Austin Ani. 
He is Jason Bean. So put him on the edge. Give him a chance to to break one every now and then. And uh, they can argue, I guess, that they were picking their spots with that. And when they did pick their spots, it broke a 66-yard run. But that's not going to happen every game. No, you can't get away <laughs> with going down 10-0 and not scoring on the first three or four possessions every game. And we've talked about that before. And that's the reason why, again, I said that you need to start Austin and you need to have one true quarterback is that what have we seen with Jason being a starting, starting quarterback? We've seen slow starts time after time after time. And albeit, we've seen the same things, similar things with Austin Ani. But Austin Ani gives you that threat of being more vertical and completing more passes and just stretching out defenses in different ways. And I don't think I'm telling anything, telling anyone anything new here, but if if North Texas, if Seth Luttrell is going to call plays the way that he did in that first quarter and a half for Jason Bean, then I don't see Jason, why Jason Bean, I don't see why Jason Bean is starting. Right. Like if you're going to, if you're going to do something, go all in, all in on it. This yep. should be an all in type thing. I'm not saying triple option this shit, but <laughs> Come Imagine. on, but come on, if from we Mason have, find army. But let's Kyler Murray this thing, Cliff Kingsbury it up. Let's go, mm-hmm. let's go. Let it, let Bean loose. Let Bean loose. Let him loose. Let him loose. Okay. I don't. I don't want him to throw, but let him. Let him do other stuff. Kyler Murray could throw. Make it simple. Make it simple on him. Let him run. That's all I'm trying to say. Okay. But how? I, with that being said, I will say I. I, I still think Austin Ali should start. Same. Do you think? This, no. Okay. No. No. He's not. He's Did not. Did the run save him? Yes. Okay. Yeah. The defense saved him. I would say the run because saved think him about it. Defense. If if well, I, 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 I think it's the defense saved him first, and then the run saved him yes. second. I guess. I think, bro. Because imagine if Rice put up thirty-one points. Right, North Texas would have had to score late in that game. Yeah. So they would have been pressing. Would have had to throw the ball a little bit. Then we really see Jason Bean. In that light, like, can he do it against a defense that's not good, but not bad, better than Middle Tennessee? Then we would have known at that moment. But also, and I think Austinani would have had a better chance. If Rice continued to score, Austinani would have had a much better chance at playing in the second half. Let's also give the offensive line credit as well. 100%. 100%. 100%. They were the reason they were able to run the ball so much. Yep. Okay. Um. Oh, here's a stat for you, uh, from Jason Bean. Uh, passes of ten or more yards here. Okay, is this your own stat? This is my own stats. Okay. All right. I don't need no computer telling me what the Bruni, stats were. Bruni I know the Bureau. stats. Oh. I know the stats, Colin. Here we go. In the first half, he was zero for three on attempts of ten or more yards. Okay. Only three attempts. That's shocking to me. Second half, they attempted more. He went two of six. So he put all that together, and he was two of nine on passes of 10 or more yards. One of them was the Agumican catch that should have been caught. And I did not include a throwaway pass. So. And the other one was an Agumican catch that was a good throw. I remember both of them. Yeah, so I'm not sure how sustainable it is to go two of nine from on passes of 10 or more yards there. That's all. I'm, that's, I think that's a pretty fair statement. Is it not? No, I mean, I think we're both in the same boat where we think Lonnie should start. So Exactly. All right. Um, I believe that's all for this game. Uh, sorry we didn't ask for questions. It was kind of a – this is, we're recording this, what, two, three, four hours after the game? Three hours after the game ended? So I do want to bring up this real quickly because we're not going to talk to you all 
for this game. UTSA next week, Colin. Who'd they play today? I forgot. Hold on, I'm pulling up their comp- I'm pulling up the score. You better. <laughs> uh, UTSA just beat Southern Miss twenty-three to twenty. They have now won three of their last four games, but their one loss coming to FAU. Um, North Texas versus um, UTSA will be in San Antonio. I will be there probably um, in my hometown, my home turf, Alamo Dome. Mm. That's where I stay. That's where I live. Mm-hmm. Um, really good Bill Miller's Tacos right next to it and barbecue right mm-hmm. next to the... Uh, so if you're making the trip down there, go get some Bill Miller's. That's not like a... Sponsorship? It's not a sponsorship, but it's not like a you know it's a it's a chain. All right, it's a chain. So Bill Miller wants to sponsor the podcast, though. Hey, hey, who am I to stop him? <laughs> so let's get into preliminary looks for this. We know they have Sincere McCormick. We know they can run the ball. We know they've run the ball in everybody. We know that they can defend. We know that they've held teams like literally. I'm looking at. It. I don't think they've given up 30 points this season. Oh, after week. Other than twice. Like they held BYU to 20, 27 points. Held UAB to 21, 21 points. <sighs> How worried are you? Frank Harris versus Jason Bean is going to be a sight to see. And that's all I can say. Um, oh my God. I forgot about that. I forgot about like that. I just, Frank Harris, I think, had two turnovers tonight. I remember just scrolling through Twitter and like seeing like Frank like Harris. He had 71 passing yards. Yeah, and they won. Yeah. Think about that. Does North yeah. Texas win with 71 passing yards from Jason Bean? No. No. I mean, they only had 120 this time. But this team is uh this team has an identity. This team is of a different breed than North Texas. North yeah. Texas has the has the identity of Mason Fine in terms of like you said, the first quarter they were like calling the plays the same way whereas UTSA is like okay, Frank Harris, yeah, you're quarterback. Third but string like, quarterback. But like defense. Like yeah, yeah third string quarterback. Exactly. exactly. So uh it's going to be a sight to see. Um if Audi doesn't come in early, then uh, that's a big loss in my opinion. Nothing against. Listen, I hate just trashing players. Yeah. Um. Nothing against Jason Bean. It's just, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, we know what he can and can't do at this point. Uh, I'm really. Look, I know the defense has gotten better, and I just spent almost all this entire podcast just saying how great the defense was and how good Clint Bowen is. But uh, this run game has been really good against every single team that they've played. Yep. Like, literally, if I read out the leading rushers in every game, I think they're all over. Like, Sincere McCormick today put up 173. Didn't have Sincere McCormick two weeks going against UTEP. UTEP, not a bad team. They beat them 52-21. And Frank Harris dropped 312 yards. Brendan Brady, 124 rushing yards. Um, FAU is probably their only bad game of the season where they lost three to twenty four. Like, and in that one, Frank Harris had sixty six rushing yards. Good for him. La Tech, uh, Sincere McCormick, hundred sixty five yards. Like, this is a team that does this. Like, it's not something they turn off on and off. Like, right? They are gonna basically they're gonna try to make you score less. Sincere points McCormick than... drops hundred fifty yards against UAB on the ground. Yeah. Like, it's it's gonna be a different animal. It's gonna be. Since North Texas didn't play UAB, it's going to be the best running team that they faced all the season. It's going to, be and I'm including SMU in that. I think that they're going to be like just as good running the ball as like SMU, if not better. It's going to be scary. So, that being said, next week we'll know what this team is. This week, no, we know what th- this team is. I don't think we do. How do we know what this team is? If I just said, if I just said at the Middle Tennessee mark, they were one thing. 
And now after the rice game, they're something completely different. How do we know which one they are? Okay, we learned one thing with the Middle Tennessee game, and that was Middle Tennessee is the worst team in Conference USA. Okay. They okay, just, well, okay, go ahead. I'll let you finish. They just played a Rice team in which the defense had a, a coming out party because of Clint Bowen. The offense is the same, and that's all we need to know. You forget that the offense only put up 21 points against Charlotte and 31 against Southern Miss. I forget. I forget that. So, yes, you're kind of right in that the offense isn't. Right. Like, like, we know, like you said earlier, we know that they're boomer bust. Yes, they can put up a lot of yards, and yes, they can, you know. They can, you know, Jalen Darden's going to do what he does and so on and so forth. But against the UTSA team that has a really good defense and they've been really bad against really good defenses in the past, Charlotte, like we just said, I mean, that's. So you're saying we know what this team is? Yeah, we know this team is a bad team. They're three and three, though, Colin. They're three and three, but <laughs> context. Middle Tennessee is the worst. Middle team. Tennessee, Rice, and Houston Baptist are your three wins. Ex- there you go. They give up a lot of yards to Houston Baptist. Rice clearly wasn't ready to play, and North Texas defense was ready to feast. And they would have lost if Rice scored over 27 points, which, you know, isn't a lot of points in college football. And then you beat the worst team in Conference USA. I'm still, I'm still rolling that UTSA. This UTSA game is the defining game. Defining in It what is the sense? defining game of this season. For but, me, uh, right? Oh, sure, sure. That's they've fine. been that's up. All, they've been down. That's fine. They're three and three. They're coming off of that a win. Fine. They're going in if San Antonio game, on their right. What are they? They're a solid team if they win. They're they a are solid a solid, team. solid team. If they win, if they beat UTSA, I don't care what the happens the last two games. If they beat UTSA in San Antonio, a rivalry game against a team that is beating has won three of the last four, mm-hmm. including La Tech in that in that sequence. I'm ready to say that this team. Is a solid football team. You want to go be bowl bound? I don't know how many wins it'll take to get bowl bound. They're three and three. They're so. three and three, and there's only three games left. So, I don't know what it'll take. But if they beat UTSA, they are a solid team. I don't okay. care what happens. And if they team. lose, if they lose, we I think that it shows. I think that if they lose, if they lose to UTSA, it reinforces your belief that they're bad that they're bad which might seem dire it might seem drastic considering i think utsa should be favored by a touchdown in this game but if they lose this game if they lose lose this game to utsa it shows that the rice game on defense was i'm not gonna say it was a fluke but it was not sustainable against good teams because rice is not a good team and middle tennessee same thing what they did in those games is not sustainable against good teams that's all it is is jason bean running around is not sustainable against good teams run defense is not sustainable against good teams you can't go down 10 to 0 or 14 to 0 or whatever it was and middle tennessee and rice and come back and win that is not sustainable against good teams all everything i just said hinges on utsa Okay. Because if they beat UTSA, I presume they're not going to go down 10 to 0 early on. And I presume that they're going to figure it out in the run game. And if they stop UTSA's run game, I'm going to go buy some champagne. If they beat UTSA, I will buy champagne. Have you ever had champagne? How much is champagne? Is that expensive? It's not that expensive. Okay. If they beat UTSA, I will buy champagne and pop it somewhere. I was going to say, not in here. Like on the podcast. On the podcast. Uh,. Okay, here's fun. Here's a fun a fun thing we can do. Go ahead. If Ani comes in the game, do they win? Can they, they win? 
Against UTSA? Yes. If he has to come in, can they win? Okay, well, now you're using my own argument against me because I've always said that if Aust- if they have to change quarterbacks, that's not good because they're probably down. I know, that's down. why I said it. However, Ostinani would give them a chance to win, in theory, because he is capable. Okay. So I do think he could. Second question. If they lose, does it matter how they lose if they lose for the quote-unquote defining thing? Like if they lose no. by like a field goal? No, because... Either way, I think it shows it shows something on either side of the ball. So, mm-hmm. for instance, if they lose 13 to 10, wow. It shows that the offense is obviously not sustainable against good teams. The defense, albeit probably had a good day, we don't know what happened, maybe there's turnovers or something. That's another thing that's not sustainable against good teams or North for North Texas at least is forcing turnovers. They never do that, but they did against Rice and Middle Tennessee. Um like there's just a list of things that they do against bad teams that they will never do or that they have never done against good teams. And if it's a shootout, then vice versa. It shows the defense is, you know, not quite there yet. I guess I was wrong. It does matter how they lose. Everything I just said makes sense, but it does matter how you lose. Obviously, like I'm, I right, I think, but like, does it like if you get blown out by 20 points, it's very different than losing by three. But okay, like, if Frank I'm Harris has like 71 yards and you score 21 points and you lose 27 to 21, <laughs> you know what I mean? You know yeah, what I mean? Like, it's not good, it's not good. That, that's what if I they mean. lose 27 to 21 and like that happens and they can't stop the run and then they can't score in the end, and then it's just like a myriad of errors. Also, North Texas didn't even turn the ball over today, that's how easy it was for them, they just ran the ball kept in their offense well like you said they only threw 20 passes yeah didn't do anything crazy here they're gonna have to throw the ball against utsa mm-hmm. i just i feel like we've laid it out for everybody we've laid everything out this is what this team is but if they can if they have three games left we can forget that if they show consistency in these last three games which i don't think they're gonna do but if they like beat utsa and then come close to la tech or and then beat utep we're looking at this team very differently very very differently I think we both know what this team is. I think so too, but there's there's still the hope right now of that Rice win being more than just an outlier. I disagree. There's not hope? No. And I think that comes back to the Especially thing you said at the very beginning of the po- podcast where you said after they won, you kind of feel weird about it. Like like they won, and okay. yes, the defense is really good. Deep but down, like, I don't think that they're that good down. of a, like yeah no. Deep down, I don't think like no, they're. I, I, I know some, you don't. I don't think they're like a but, but, top but, half but, of the but conference you're, But you're team. trying to, right? Like the deep, like you're trying to say like they've grown. No, yes, they've grown and, substantially. And, and yes, they they could have, but I don't think that over that that's going to overcome a UTSA that's also grown or a LaTeX that's also grown over the same period of time or a UTEP. I mean, I don't know about UTEP actually, yeah. but North Texas has done one thing consistently. And that is not be a good football team. And UTSA has done two things consistently and have done really well as a football team. And that's defense and that's running the ball, like you said. So those are my those are my two things that are the reason why I don't think no, North Texas. I think I think you make very good points. And I think that those are points that North Texas fans are not gonna want to hear. Sorry. But I think that they're points that need to be made here and that what do we really know? Like, and and not only that, after this win, it can't, like, I want this win to be a stepping stone for this team to take a step forward 
and have a chance to beat UTSA and La Tech here. Right. But at the foundation of this team, at its core, there's a reason they're going to be touchdown underdogs to UTSA. Yeah. And touchdown underdogs to La Tech. I think the fact and they were sixteen point underdogs to UAB. Yep. I also think the fact that there were almost more Rice fans than North Texas fans today <laughs> at the stadium also shows you how good this football team is. Oh, uh, here comes the the attendance monitor. No, 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 no. I'm just kidding. I know what you're saying. Like, I know what you're saying. <laughs> like that just shows you how much faith the fan base has at this point, and I think that everyone kind of knows. And it's, even though they did get see, the win, I can't, I can't put, I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't Why? do that in these times, Colin these times in these times in these trying times you understand times. how many people were at the last home game in these trying times and i was like never mind. stay home stay home people stay home stay home don't listen to colin don't listen to him all right i'm not saying to go to games don't listen to him are you trying to say that rice fans are more irresponsible i'm not saying anything <laughs> i'm just saying i'm not gonna attack fans for not going to games no no no, no. i'm not attacking fans yes, for not going are. to games you, you attacked them i'm saying they've been attacked they're gonna be in your mentions at cjh mitchell at him, please. If I get more "quote unquote" hate than I did for the when I actually called them out for <laughs> See, this, but nobody knew us back out, then, and I actually nobody got knew hate. us. Now, now we're established, Colin. <laughs> wow, I feel so oh so powerful now. Powerful, <laughs> established. He says. Oh man. Okay. Uh, I think that's all. I believe that's all we had. Um, let me make sure I didn't forget anything off the top of my head. Covered Case and Martin, covered Will Keen. Covered Case and Martin. Uh, <laughs> what, a, what a section of talking. Uh, let's see. Yeah, we covered all the, the people out. We also don't know who's going to be in or out next week as well. But that'll be an interesting thing to cover. Oh, you have something else? You have something? Never no? Mind. Okay, nothing. No, he waves his hand frantically. Okay, nothing else. Um. All right, basketball season starts on Thursday. Thanksgiving at 7 p.m. I will not be at the game. I will be watching the game. And then basketball plays Arkansas on Saturday, the same day that football plays UTSA at two at two. Uh, football plays UTSA at two o'clock. I don't know what time the Arkansas basketball game is, but sports are picking up. Obviously, recruiting is kind of picking up as well. We've seen some more JUCO guys get get added, and we just had our 50% off subscription at Mean Green 24/7. So feel free to uh, well that's not available anymore but i believe we might have a 30 percent one going on right now double check that um these sales are wild hey man you go from 50 percent to a dollar for do. a month <laughs> hey you still get your first dollar you still get your first month for a dollar all right look at this so check that out if if uh you're interested in subscribing uh like i said we're gonna have a bunch of basketball stuff football stuff recruiting stuff y'all know how hard we go on basketball um, the best in the business, really. Honestly, mm-hmm. like, like mm-hmm. who compares to us? Us? Nobody. <laughs> Not even us. Not even us. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're gonna have all the player previews out for basketball in the coming week as well. And yeah, I'm gonna have some uh, bold predictions for basketball coming out probably mon- Tuesday, maybe. Bold. I'm thinking maybe Monday, mm. depending how I'm feeling. Um, but yeah, VIP. Become a VIP. We greatly appreciate it. Subscribe on. Apple Podcast at uh, Bruni's Breakdown Podcast, and then subscribe on SoundCloud. Uh, leave us a five star rating and review on Apple. Um, it would mean the world to us. And I think we're at forty right now. Forty total uh, ratings. Are they all five stars. So get us get us to uh, get us to forty five, if you would. What am I forgetting to plug? Twitter at Mingree twenty four seven. 
uh, at CJ Mitchell and at Matthew Bruni underscore. I feel like there's just something else I need to plug, but I guess not. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. It's been a great day. Look, we're done with everything at 8.30 p.m., Colin. The day before we're normally done. It doesn't get any better than this. All right, for Colin Mitchell, for Maya Mitchell, I'm Matthew Bruni, and we'll talk to you all later.